Hi you guys, welcome to episode 4 of Vibing in Valentino. Before I introduce our guest of the week, I want to talk to you guys about my weekly weakness. And it is a book. It's called... Oh, somebody is texting me. <laughs> um, it is called The Flight Attendant by Chris Bojalion. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. I'm just going to call him Crispy. Crispy, you're a fantastic writer. This is a really, really good book. It is a New York Times bestseller for a reason. It is like a suspense thriller mystery type vibe um clearly it's fiction and it's just it's really good like the ending is really good i didn't expect that little plot twist at the very end if you are like one of those people and i i know actually some of these people who love to flip to the back of the book to see how it ends like don't do that to this book it is too good for that and i'm actually hoping they turn it into a movie i think we should make a really really good thriller movie so yeah if you guys are interested in reading it, it's called The Flight Attendant by Chris Bojalion. Bojalion? Mm, I'm not, whatever. Crispy. It starts with a B. B-O-H-J, and then you should be able to find him. Somebody is really blowing my phone up, you guys. Okay, on to our guest. I'm so excited to have her on. Our guest this week was one of the first microbladers in LA. She is considered a pioneer in the field of permanent makeup in not just LA and not just in California, but in America, and she has made tattooing makeup, something that was considered outdated before she came on the scene. She has made that into a million dollar business. And as a daughter of an immigrant with a rags to riches story, I find her story to parallel mine, and I find her incredibly inspiring. Her hustle is out of this world. She also mentors aspiring female entrepreneurs on how to achieve success with her Pretty Rich Beauty School. In fact, I've been listening to her business podcast, Pretty Rich, way before I started vibing in Valentino because information on there is so applicable to anything. Whether or not you're trying to get into the beauty field or not, she has something valuable to say to you. Sheila Bella, welcome to Vibing in Valentino. I'm so excited that you're here. Amazing. Oh, <laughs> what a beautiful introduction. You did Thank you so much. I'm so honored. I'm so excited that you're here. I feel like I need to pick your brain about all things business Let's right now. Let's do it. Let's do it. I mean, I get it everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so first things first, is your last name really Bella? What is... Oh, no, girl. That's like my Sasha Fierce. That's oh, like my alter ego. your alter ego. Yeah, I had, I had to be someone else. I, I was at a point in my life where I want, I, I, no, it was just like a lo- the lowest low ever. And I was like, I need to reinvent myself. I yeah. felt like I was, I was in a fire mm-hmm. and I needed to turn into the type of woman who would walk out of that fire. Yeah. So, yeah. and Sheila Molina wasn't cutting it or actually it was Sheila Ferrari Molina. That is so cute though. It. Girl, it that is, is cute, the cutest right? name. Yeah, but that girl, that girl though, you know, like yeah, she she would just she I would just you. burn. She yeah. just burn. Yeah, <laughs> she was just not cutting it for you anymore. Um, let's talk about your journey into creating your own business. There was a time when you were trying a bunch of things to find what fit. You did modeling, acting, makeup artist, waiting tables, and then. To be honest, I really relate to that right now because my background is in fitness and I like I have a bachelor's in nutrition, master's in kinesiology, which is like exercise science. And then I felt like, uh, not so much. And then I like went off and tried to pursue other things. And like there's a huge sense of being lost sometimes. You know what I mean? You're just kind of like, what what am I doing? Like there's no path. And you've been super vocal about creating your dream job because you couldn't find your dream job. And how did you go from being lost to having that happen? What happened there? So, oh my gosh, yeah, I totally relate to you. So I was in my early twenties, mm-hmm. and I got married um, to the to a guy that just didn't grow with me. I yeah. suppose. Yeah. Uh, we, we grew apart. Um, or I felt like I grew, and he just like kind of didn't. Yeah, and um, he progressed, <laughs> and he stood still. So then you left him. Um, so, and life was really interesting after um, I I got divorced because I was so lost. I was so sheltered. I'd never dated before him, you know. Yeah. And um, I was just like, I, I just needed to 
kind of reinvent myself, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a job working at Dylan's Irish Pub on Hollywood and Vine, oh wearing a cute schoolgirl outfit with my cleave. My my neckline cleavage was low. Like out, girl. <laughs> yeah, it was out. I was out. Out. Like <laughs> you were out here. It was out. <laughs> And I don't know, like, I was, like, in, like, I never really had a college experience. Oh, my God, I'm therapy right now. I never had a college experience. Mm-hmm. And then so I was, like, I want to do bad things and be, like, a little irresponsible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I got married really young. Yeah. And then so I just had this, like, you know, the season in my life where I just was rebellious. Wild out. Yeah, and I was, like, let's wear this and yeah. let's serve people alcohol and late nights and stuff. <laughs> you know, so I had that. And then I got fired from my rebellious job because I was really bad at it. And then, um, yeah, it just kind of hit a low. That that was actually one of the best things that happened to me. I was, like, shocked when he called me into the room. Mm-hmm. Peter? Was that your manager? Yeah, one of them. Oh, my God. And then I was – and then he was, like, um, so you're no longer employed at this thing at Dylan's Irish Pub. And I was, like, what? Yeah. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I was, like – None of my friends got fired. Am right. I the only one? Like, <laughs> am I the only one that got fired? Like nobody. Like no, this mm-hmm. isn't. This wasn't like a thing that was happening right now. Yeah. But it, and after that, I was. I first of all, I did very self-destructive things that week. I called at my exes, plural, and I was eating chocolate and I was like just drinking and then. And then until it just got old, yeah. I got over it. And then yeah. I was like, okay, okay, enough calling exes, enough <laughs> chocolate, you know, and cold stone. I was like, we need a diet plan and a career plan. Let's go. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, but, you know, it's like I was just really freaking lost. Yeah. I wanted things to fill me up. I Mm -hmm. wanted things to fill me up. I was looking for for love, for validation. No wonder I called my exes. I wanted those feelings. I know. I know that feeling. So fleetingly. They would just give it to me so fleetingly. And then all of a sudden I'd be lost again. And I was just like, Yeah, you're like, I'm tired of this. What the fuck is missing? Yeah. Yeah. I just want... So I was like, okay, enough. I need to... (laughs) I need to put myself together. Yeah. (laughs) I was like Humpty Dumpty. And I needed to, I I always I always refer to Britney Spears circa two thousand seven when she when shaved, she shaved her, her head. head. Yeah, and she just and then she got it together, you know, and I had that. And it was it the same year? No, it was a little after that. Mm-hmm. So I was but inspired by Britney's story. I was yeah. like, I can do this. If she if she grew her hair back out and got yes. some more kids and got her life together, did a world tour in Vegas or whatever, right. she's fine. Right. No, yeah. <laughs> no, her K-Fed days. She outgrew that. that. Yeah, her walking around barefoot in the gas station days. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> On my worst day, I would never. On my worst day. Yeah, so um, so you know what a quote that I was like super in love with all morning long, just all morning long is mm-hmm. action breeds clarity. So, and what that is 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 like for those of you who are like just kind of like sitting on something and like mm-hmm. you don't know what to do. Yeah, like I never thought that I would be a permanent makeup artist. If you would have told me when I was a kid I was gonna tattoo faces for a living, I'd be like crazy. Yeah, you know, I was like I'm gonna be Debbie Gibson and Madonna. Are you kidding me? Anyway, so and um. Uh, Shira, princess of power. Anyway, so, uh, but no, not permanent makeup. So yeah, mm-hmm. back to the call. action breeds clarity because you just don't know until you try, right? Yeah. You don't know until you try. Yeah, and so that, that's what, as, when you keep, so if you're like sitting on something, like don't think about like five years from now, just think about like the next three months because right. seriously, like the more you move, the more clear it will be. As to what you're supposed to be doing, that like is just so a true. little, just a couple steps forward, and then you'll just like see. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, this is it. so, and that's that's kind of how that was born. Yeah. Because I just I was like, okay, let's uh, let's do permanent makeup because the schooling was five days, and the woman that you know I took the class from in Simi Valley seemed like she had a better life than me. <laughs> yeah, I was like let's just do it. <laughs> yeah, let's just do it, and I'll just figure it out. And I was like, this is something I can make cool. This mm-hmm. should be cooler. Why isn't this cooler? Yeah. That's, what I, that's what I thought. I was like, yeah. this is all about pa-. See, I was marketing even back then, and I didn't even know I was marketing. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, we're gonna get into your marketing skills seriously, okay. like this interview, because I was like mesmerized. Like, I don't <laughs> think when you think permanent makeup, and especially like, I don't know if it's because we're Asian, but we think about back in the day when people did their eyebrows, but then the shit would turn green. Yeah, my aunties and Mm-hmm. And- yeah, I have my cousins who've done that. I was like, oh, girl. They got they come back from the motherland and they're all tatted up. <laughs> Everything <laughs> eyeliner and like Yad <laughs> it up. Yad it up, girl. Oh my god. Okay, so how did you know that the beauty industry was it for you? Because you took action. Mm-hmm. How did you know like at what point did it feel right after years of like not knowing what to do? You're not knowing what where really you belong. Because you didn't see this for yourself. No. At what point did you feel like, okay, this is like, this is, this is it? Um, you know, honestly, like the first year, it didn't feel that way. Really? <laughs> no, it didn't feel like, oh, this is it. Like it never, like at any point, like I'd say the first year, did it feel like this is it. But you know what? I felt it, the first year, it felt more like this. This has to be it. Mm-hmm. I have to make yeah. this it, even if it doesn't feel like it's it yeah you have to get yourself there yeah and it really because I I really felt like I'm sure there's other options but I really felt like I had no other alternative Mm -hmm. because I was just it it was it was the thing that I had already spent a lot of money on and time on and you know what when you put something out on social media you put something out on social media you don't want people to watch you fail right I was you know, so I put it out there. I was like, what was I going to announce now that I was, this isn't working? Because it wasn't working the mm-hmm. first, like, six months. It wasn't working the first six months. Really? I didn't um, know, I didn't know it was that long of it not working out for you. So I remember, like, I started it, was it, like, a September, Octo- October 10th. Yeah, October 10th. And then it didn't start picking up to a point where it was like, okay, this is legitimate. I can live off of this until, mm-hmm. like... I'd say like April of the following year, oh. and then even that, I got like two clients a week, and okay. I was like, "Oh, okay, okay." And like then now I can breathe a little. I have to say, like for permanent makeup artists, you know, you need you have a, a session with somebody, you get your touch up every year. Mm-hmm. So it's not like a hair business or like nail artistry or like facials where you see your client every month. Yeah, like you have you have like you collect like thirty people who love you, and you're good, mm-hmm. right? With permanent makeup, you have to you have to work every single day, so yeah. you have to collect like you know three hundred yeah. people who love you. Then you're yeah, going. yeah, and even then, it's a challenge. Are they going to come back the next year? Mm-hmm. You have to remind them of you, you have to remind them of their colors. So the marketing aspect of it, I think it's insane for people to go into this business and not focus on their marketing because it is so difficult mm-hmm. to have that client retention to make it a sustainable business because of the return yeah the client return it's not like for another year yeah there's like a lot of lag time in oh, between yeah. sessions like, okay, they're like hey, see you next year yeah yeah Oh yeah. Uh, what about the other twelve? Who's gonna pay my rent? Right. Right. <laughs> right. The other eleven months. <laughs> <laughs> you're just you have shelter for one month only, <laughs> and it's done. Thanks for this month's groceries. <laughs> See no, you next year. I know, right? Um, no, I, I didn't think about that. No wonder I was panicked. No wonder I was super panicked. Like. I was like, oh, crap, oh, crap, what am I going to do now? And, yeah, that's why it was, like, really emotional for me. No marketing background, no nothing. And then I was like, wait a second, this is really hard. I picked a really hard career. (laughs) Entrepreneurship is not as easy as it looks. No, and for those of you guys there who are selling T-shirts, right, if you're selling T-shirts and that's your bread and butter, like, you get a, a customer buying a shirt, like that's it. You yeah, yeah. You gotta get a lot of people. <laughs> you you gotta make sure that shirt is great and rips after like three washes, and they come yeah. back to you. And then they're back. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. But anyway, I figured I figured it out. <laughs> you figured it out clearly, clearly. A million dollar business in hand. It's crazy. Your hustle is really out of this world, though. 
because when you first started, you said you walked all along department stores in Ventura, handing out your brochures. Oh my God. And you spoke a lot about rejection, just constantly getting rejected. And that's so hard. That's so rough to start out and hear so much rejection. It's ego. It's ego stripping. Yeah. How did you overcome that into building? Like, um, I, I started counting no's. I started collecting no's instead of yeses. Because you, what you want are, mm-hmm. are, is the yes. You're going after the yes, right? Yeah. So, like, any of you guys in sales and everything like that, you like, I, I realized that for every, like, 10 no's I got, I forgot what it was. For every, like, 10 no's that I got, mm-hmm. I got a yes. Okay. So, if you just program your mind now, that every time you get a no, it's just mm-hmm. like one step closer to yes. It's just a numbers game. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah. and it's, you just really need to, to put your emotions aside and just know that it's, you go for the no. Yeah. Go, there's a book. There's a book. It's actually go for no. Really? Mm-hmm. Go for no, because if the path to yes is paved with yeah. no's. Oh, my God. I needed to hear that. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, I needed to hear that. Because I think so many times people are, you know how you said you take action and you figure it out? A lot of times people wait until they have the path paved and then they take action. They don't just, you know what I mean? They don't just go for it and then figure it out and then they end up just never doing it. Mm Yeah. Yeah. That's why I, I also think uh, for people, because I coach a lot of beauty bosses, and mm-hmm. then my my students that do, my clients that do the best are the ones with the most urgency, yeah, with with the strongest why, yeah. Those are my students that, that do the best. Right. Like uh, my students who you know married rich, mm-hmm. <laughs> no sense of urgency, like you know, kind of take their time. Yeah, they're kind of just like it's it's whatever. Yeah. yeah, like, oh, I'll be fine. Yeah. I'm like, yes, yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be just fine. You'll be fine. Why are, yeah, why are you doing this? <laughs> right. <laughs> Was there, are you bored? <laughs> are you just bored yeah, and just took a course? Like, <laughs> what's happening here? <laughs> Talking about your hustle, let's talk about you coding your own website, girl. Because this is, that story was nuts for me. Oh, gosh. That was before, like, like Wix. And like MoPro and Squarespace. You learned, co- she, okay, you guys, she learned coding her whole website from YouTube on her own. I'm, I heard about it and I was like, what? Why what? the heck did I do that? I had to. How are these I YouTube instructors even teaching how to code? I, I watch a YouTube instructional video and I'm already like, what? <laughs> Go a little slower. Oh, my God. You know what? It was, it was, so I locked my... So my husband and I, at that time, we had um, a one-bedroom apartment mm-hmm. that we were paying $900 for. It was it was so cheap. Awesome. So we didn't want to move. Oh and um, so he would go to work because he had a job, unlike me. Uh-huh. So he would go to work, and then I would lock myself in our room, and I would, like, type away and, like, figure out building my website. And he would come back and he would be like, oh, hey, honey, how are you? What did you do today? And I would show him this, like, little banner <laughs> on the bottom right hand <laughs> corner. And I was like, look what I did! <laughs> All day. <laughs> but that is huge! That is you know huge! What? You know what, though? Like, Photoshop is a was a really great skill. Because, so you're in fitness, right? Mm-hmm. So... I didn't know, too, that's another good point. Like, I didn't know that me spending time modeling lingerie and, like, swimsuit and stuff and, like, working so with working with all these photographers, uh-huh. like, back then, yeah. like, they taught me Photoshop. Yeah. I had no idea that I would be able to apply that skill to, like, building a million-dollar business. I thought maybe I'd just make my pictures look cuter, <laughs> right? right? Like, you know, skinny out my arm or right. something like that. No, but, like, I took whatever, like, um, Geophoto and, like, Ray Toronto, mm-hmm. the photographer, told, yeah. taught me, and I put it into my, my coding and building my website. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. And that's another thing, too. But because of them, because of, like, my time in the import world industry, like, mm-hmm. I was, like, friends with all these photographers and all these models. Yeah. So you knew yeah. all the hotties. Yeah, I spoke hottie. I spoke it. <laughs> So I got them to promote me, my, uh-huh. my big beauty business, later yes. on. Because it is a language. Yes.
Nicole. <laughs> It'll go lay- you if you don't speak hottie, no one's you're creepy. <laughs> and they won't talk the hotties won't talk to you. No, it is. It's a cutthroat world. You're either hot or you're not. And you either can relate or you can't. And you can either get the pretty people to promote your shit or you can't. Or you can't. And you just, you're just hitting them up, being a creep. You're real. That's real. And in the import model world, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Shout out to Justine Harrell. I freaking love her. She's beautiful. <laughs> I didn't know you were an import model. That's so crazy. Well, like, I was in that world. I never modeled in front of cars or anything like that, but I was in that yeah. world because I was, like, taking photos with all the yeah, photographers yeah, yeah. and stuff. I was more print modeling, mm-hmm. but, you know, I was I was working with them. Yeah. That's a lot of good exposure, though. That gave you so much resource to use later on in marketing. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Like, you wouldn't think that, you know, being in that world, like, or could be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, you can, you can find skills anywhere you are. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think especially learn skills. Yeah, mm-hmm. if if you look a certain way or your career history is a certain type, it's less like people around. I I feel like at this point, family, especially because we're Asian, and they're like, "You've done this, this, and this. You're gonna do what now?" And it's a <laughs> lot of doubt. It's a lot of like, "Wait, just give me a second. Like, let me figure it out. I'm gonna do it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and, and that extra like layer of doubt mm-hmm. kind of yeah makes you work harder at least that's how I reacted to it yeah I that's exactly how I'm reacting to it too I'm just kind of like just you know what okay I'll show you, you. either you can either sink or swim yeah at this point you, you gotta because when your back is against the wall there's nowhere else to go I think that's why our tiger moms do this to us I think like, my mom rarely gives me a compliment. No, same. Right, but when she does, don't you, like, <gasps> And you're like, oh, how do you love oh me? <laughs> you love me. <laughs> Thank you. It's either, like... I tell everyone. Girl. I tell everyone. It's the hottest moment of life. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what did you get in that math class? An A? Where's the A plus? Where's the plus sign? <laughs> no, they're always... Setting the bar high. It's always room for improvement. <laughs> and do, do you feel like your Asian moms out there? Do you do you feel like your mom compliments like other girls like yes. way? Yes. <laughs> your friends. My friends. My friends. He's They're so the crazy. greatest humans on earth. And I'm sitting here like, all right. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Why does your face light up whenever Jeanette walks in the room? <laughs> Why? Why her? <laughs> you don't look at me that way. <laughs> oh my god, we have grown up so similar. <laughs> so okay, marketing is your thing. Clearly, I think it was your thing before you knew it was your thing. Yeah. How do young female entrepreneurs develop that mindset of just like self promotion? You know, like people think it's such a bad thing, and that's why I think so many of us don't market and brand and develop ourselves to the fullest potential what is like your biggest tip for self-promotion and just kind of like because people and people think self-promotion is just so negative there's a negative connotation to that yeah you look vain yeah or like you're bragging or you're just you know yeah well those people (laughs) are not paying your bills (laughs) That's how you get over that fact. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, are you going to pay me to not self-promote? Because yeah. if that's the way I make money and provide for my family, then, then I will for stop. It. Yeah, but okay, so yeah. oh, you're going to pay me to be more humble? Is that is that check coming? The humble check? The humble check ain't coming. That's how I got to... It is hot! It is mm-hmm. hot here! <laughs> <laughs> I am hustling! Right. My, my arm is tired from holding the phone in front of my face. Okay, I am working, sir. <laughs> Do you think social media helped you to self-promote? And how did you leverage that? Because I think, honestly, I found you off of social media. I think that's how a lot of people found you. And I... I think you were one of the first, like, salons to ever do that. 
you were everywhere at one point yeah you yeah. were like all i saw like on my feed what? was sheila bella sheila bella sheila. i was like oh, i gotta go see her <laughs> i gotta yeah, go see yeah. her <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. social media is um what well it was everything yeah what, every, it was everything and it still is everything it still is so, it's gotten, i think it's gotten bigger too don't you oh, think and here's the thing if you if you people out there don't jump on it now it's already expanded so much in the last five years. Can you imagine how much more complicated and crowded it's going to be in even just two, two more years? Oh like, God. Facebook ads are going to be, like, super expensive. Like, yeah. now is the time. They're still cheap, actually. Attention is currency. And um, what, I've, what I've found is, um, yeah, social media is, like, we all have the opportunity to uh, be, like, many celebrities, I suppose. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. look at what we're doing with this podcast. Like, I'm sitting in my office, you're sitting in your apartment. Right. Uh-huh. No, and then it's like, and we all have a platform. And yeah. every time I teach, I always ask people, like, okay, so what is stopping you? Because, like, who is the most influential woman in the world? Oprah. Oprah Winfrey. She's worth $2.5 billion, right? But she never invented anything. She didn't fix our problems. Mm, she mm-hmm. didn't create, like, Amazon or anything like that. She did, there, there wasn't, like, a genius invention of hers. But mm-hmm. why is she worth more than Beyonce? Why is that? Plus, also, by mm-hmm. BT Dubs, Oprah is not an import model, okay? She's so yeah. gross. Ah, I need to lose 10 more pounds before I get to put myself online. She's not. She's worth $2.5 billion. And the reason why she's the most influential woman in the world is because at 4 p.m. every single day for years, we let her in our living rooms. We yeah. were familiar with her. And she let us into her life. She, let, mm-hmm. she was vulnerable with us yeah. every single day. So Oprah had basically the tools, the, the same things that like Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook um, do now yeah. back then. Because yeah. it was it was familiarity. It was mm-hmm. every single day, and she would just let us in. So yeah. now we all have this amazing capacity to be like mini Oprahs. Yeah, basically. Yeah, we can we can invade people's homes. Right, right, right. With right. our That's authenticity, amazing. with our stories, mm-hmm. with our truths, you know, and and have that trust, build that trust. And all you need to do is be real. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. you were big on video marketing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, video, I think, is the quickest way to garner trust. Mm-hmm. Um, podcasting is awesome, too. But I think video marketing and just, like, being on video in general, I think a lot of businesses should be on video a lot more. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's the quickest way to humanize somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, even even you, before, before you hit record right now, like, you were an email. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah, and then like the minute, like like not even the, like seconds, instantaneously yeah. when I saw you right here on Zoom, I'm like, oh, holy shit! I, I like I love her. Yeah, like, I love her. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so, and that's the same thing. Like, you're mm. be a be a be a freaking real person. Dare to be a real person yeah. on social media. Yeah, yeah, and use it to connect to other humans. Mm-hmm. That's my advice. Yeah, don't, don't just use it to like you know troll, Show but like, use it to be a human being, like a real yeah. person. Yeah, especially in beauty, especially do we're lack. We, there's so much superficiality, right? Mm-hmm. That I mean, we don't need any more cake face. We I need was just more gonna say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instagram can be taken so. It could be a love or hate thing. I think it depends on, don't you think it depends on how people use it? Like, there's some people who, you know, it. they say it, like, ruins their self-esteem. It ruins their connections with, like, real people. Everything just looks so perfect. And then there's the other side of it where it's like, listen, like, the real is out there. You just got to, maybe you're following the wrong people. You know what I mean? And you're not following enough real people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why social media makes you feel like that. It's easy to blame things that are that are powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a post about that today. Like, is is money the root of all evil? Yes, I love that post. So it's and the answer is it's not money that's the root of all evil. It's the love of money, as quoted in Timothy mm-hmm. uh, in the Bible. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. So it's like yeah. it's not it's not about 
the thing. It's not money. It's, it's what money. you do with it. Yeah, and it's the same it's thing the with Instagram. Yeah, it's the same thing with Instagram. Like, how are you going to use it? Which is how you use anything. Like, is let's say you're right. born. Let's say you're born beautiful and, you know, you look like Adriana Lima and like, mm-hmm. what are you going to do with that blessing? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to yeah. use anything good, even Instagram to manipulate or, mm-hmm. um, you know, or harm people who are defenseless yeah. or are you going to use it for good, for forwarding the world? Yeah. So it's all, all, all this stuff. Like stop blaming the thing. Stop yeah. blaming the thing. It's the person. Right. Right. It is. the. Per- it's how you use it. You have choices. Yeah. Um, What do you think the most important things young entrepreneurs need to look out for or be careful when they're building their brand, whether or not it's using social media for it or using anything else, any other method? Is there like a, like, I guess what I'm asking is what are your most valuable mistakes and what you learn from it Mm. in building your business? Um, So I've always, right from the very beginning, I, I realized that, business building is a crash course in relationships. Wow. So it's, it's relationship with your customers, relationship with your employees, and most importantly, it teaches you how to be with yourself, mm-hmm. a relationship with yourself. But I mean, I just learned so much, so, so much from um, business building, especially, you know, when you're red and high, everybody wants to, wants, wants a pay. They all yeah. want to fight. Yeah. Um, and you're and, and me, you know, I have I have wounds as a child. I just wanted sisters so badly. And yeah. I thought I could buy love. <laughs> oh. I did, and I was like, oh my god! Especially when I hit like sixty thousand dollars a a month. When I hit sixty, I was like, oh, I can buy love. And then it went to uh, and then a hundred thousand, and then one hundred fifty thousand, and then I was like, oh my god! I like, and I didn't realize that I was doing that. Oh my god! I've been. Mm. To- and this is therapy <laughs> but yeah I didn't realize that I was doing that I was like okay you you you're a stray you want family right oh you're you're, you're alone come Aww, you, you 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 oh you you're a stripper oh don't worry stop damn stop it come <laughs> join me I have this great thing going on come on come on and yeah. then until the day that um Somebody that you trust, somebody that you've invested in, oh and called your family, uh, steals from you, <gasps> steals money from the register, gets your credit card, oh. and starts putting charges on it, or says says things about you that are very unkind, or it starts, you know, just it's, it's a lot of different things, mm-hmm. or just it, it breaks your heart. And then I realized that, like, oh, wait a second. I really grew up through these experiences, yeah. but I, <laughs> oh my god, such a I was such a nerd. I'm like, come join me. Let's be let's braid each other's hair yeah. and things like that, and do brown. Sisterhood, and let's go to Vegas too. <laughs> Girls' night every night. Yeah, no, that's really what it was. And then, um, yeah, and it wasn't sustainable. And I have to say, for those young entrepreneurs who are going who are, you know, are, are thinking about hiring, don't let mm-hmm. it, don't let my nightmare stories stop you from hiring. Let it encourage you because I have mm-hmm. a tribe right now of women who I, I, I value in my first tier and yeah. could not have found this loyal, awesome bunch of girls had I not opened my heart. Yeah. Everyone. You, there's a, there's a process to it. Yeah. Um, and I think of hiring is, is a lot like dating. Like you have, you have to put out. Yeah. You have to, you have to go out there, girl. You have to, you have to, you have to put out, you have to open mine. <laughs> you have to spread your wings. <laughs> and then, and then until you find the one, the ones. Yeah. And then you can close your way. Then you can close <laughs> So are you against like hiring family or friends? Do you think do you think that makes it a little bit more complicated? Because, you know, when you're young and you're starting off, you you want to be around people that you think you can trust. So I think naturally a lot of people want to hire people they're close to. But I don't 
know if that's in general the best idea business-wise? So I think the um, I think people say typically don't hire family. Don't hire yeah, family. yeah. But hello, I'm Filipino. <laughs> like, always we got to hire family. We have. What do you talk? We will bring dishonor. Sorry if we don't. So um, you know, I, I work with my family, and I think it's um, like my mom is my CFO. Um, oh, cute. Aww. Yeah, she's And so my, and I have to say, it's all about how you handle it. I, yeah. I, I can tell you from my experience that, like, yes, I've, I, I can handle it. Yeah. I can handle it. And I think it actually adds to my environment. Mm. Um, but the, if you have the personality type where you can't have difficult conversations with someone, if you are not, mm. you know you're not confrontational, yeah. right? That's something you might have to learn first mm-hmm. before embarking something like that because you're going to have to have a lot of difficult conversations with whoever it is that you're working with. Yeah. I have one today. You know, I yeah. and the thing is, you have to just tie it to the business. Always tie it to right. the business. Yeah, when right. you have a conversation with someone, you're like, but the business and the mm-hmm. business. It's not me. It's the it's, business. Yeah. It's a bigger yeah. entity. So do you think, because this really is a great segue into a question that I had for you about um, intrinsic characteristics and mindset of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually like two separate questions, but the first one was like, you know how you spoke about being okay with having difficult conversations with people? Mm-hmm. Do you think there are other characteristics that are necessary when you're becoming an entrepreneur? When you're trying to, mm-hmm. either when you're trying to, in the beginning stages de- of developing your brand mm-hmm. or in the stages of progressing your brand? Um, the biggest one is being willing to look dumb. Mm. It's just being willing, you have to be willing Mm -hmm. to look awkward or look unsure. You have to be be willing to fail and to to look funny. Yeah. People, Um, who, who, I don't know who said like, because I was, I was afraid of this. I was afraid to fail in front of people. Mm -hmm. I was afraid Yeah, I was af- I was afraid that successful people would see me and be like, "Oh wow, she folded." She folded. But the, here's the thing: like anybody who has achieved more than you will never judge you because they know how hard how it, it feels. Is. Yeah, but anybody yeah. who like hasn't really achieved as much as you will probably be like, "Oh, she can't do it." Mm-hmm. Like I, Brittany Brown says, like if you are not in the arena, I am not interested in your opinion. Mm-hmm. If you are not yourself, getting your ass kicked. Now we yeah. gotta mark this explicit ask in the arena, <laughs> then I am not interested in what you have to say. But yeah. if you're in there with me with your sleeves rolled up mm-hmm. and your and your heels on, then okay, yeah. let's talk. But <laughs> But if you're not if you're not doing what I'm doing, if not going through the day to day struggles of what I'm doing, you have no say. No, I don't care. Yeah. You don't yeah. you don't know you're a child. You yeah. Yeah, like it's like my toddler telling me like, "Eh." yeah, that's real. You have to, I think it's just, it all goes back to not letting other people deter you from your goals. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be so much of that. There's so much of that. Even, even when I created this podcast, there were so many people who didn't understand it. And I think some of them were family. Mm -hmm. Like, what are you, like, what are you doing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so you're just going to just talk. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Don't ask to come on my podcast later when <laughs> when it's when it's when like number one. Yeah, yeah, right. Like Don't ask to come talk. on here later. So you're you just know? gonna talk. You're like, oh, that's nice. I was like, okay, moving on. The conversation. <laughs> yeah, she's not whoever said that isn't isn't sending you a humble check. No. No. And then there was an episode you ooh, an episode you talked about. Um, I think it was with Anthea. Mm-hmm. You talked about the growth mindset and a fixed mindset. Ooh, girl. I love that. I love that episode. Let's talk about it a little bit for my audience. Um, okay. The difference between the two and how it affects how you're marketing and business potential. So uh, growth mindset and fixed mindset, come. the concept comes from a book called 
mindset um, <laughs> by uh, Carol Dweck. Carol Dweck, which is like mm-hmm. a very simple read. It's like, it's pretty repetitive, but I don't know. It changed the way I see everyone and everything. Everything yeah. became very binary to me. Like, oh, growth. Oh, you're fixed. You're fixed. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're so, either one or the other. <laughs> yeah. You're, I, so very binary. I'm very judgmental now. Seriously, though, it really helped me with my personal development. Um, because basically a growth mindset isn't afraid to fail, which is exactly what I just said, you know, like, a few yeah. ago. like you're, you can't be afraid to fail. So a lot of it too has to deal with, um, how, how we were raised as children. Yeah. So oh, wow. I don't know if any of you, uh, can probably relate to this. Like if you were called like a certain something like, Oh, Sheila, she's my artistic child or she's my smart child. You know, mm-hmm. like I was called smart for a certain time period, like in elementary, and then that went away. Um, so I was called smart for a little while. And I remember being afraid to lose that title, being afraid now oh. to lose that label, that I was the smart one. So, and I did well on tests. And so um, I would show my parents like, here, look, I did, I did well on a test. But mm-hmm. here's the thing, so I would always choose easy things so I could always produce that result because I was afraid to fail. So yeah. when it came to like puzzles, they did this on kids, when it came to like puzzles and stuff like that, the kids who had a fixed mindset would mm-hmm. always choose the easy one. The kids who had the growth mindset would always choose the harder one because they're not afraid to fail. So it yeah. actually, the book also actually goes into how you praise your children. Make sure you don't say, makes sense, I've, I have kids, so I don't do this anymore. You don't uh-huh. say like, oh yeah, oh Bo, you're the smart one. Or you're the strong one. Because then he's gonna be so afraid to lose That's that That's their child. identity. Yeah. yeah, and they're little, like they're sponges. They're like, oh yeah, I am the smart one. Mm-hmm. So you be afraid of challenges. So instead, if you raise kids with the idea that being hardworking, the hardest working kid, mm-hmm. now that's the cool thing to be. Yeah. The cool thing to be is the hardest working. So when you have a ch- when you when you pick a puzzle, why would you pick the easy one over and over again? And I drill it into their head like it's boring. What would you yeah. learn? Yeah. yeah, you want you want to fail. You mm-hmm. want to, you want to go for the no. Or where were yeah. we for at our house? Sorry, go for no. <laughs> go for no. Fail. Go for no. <laughs> Go fail, son. Fail. Do yeah. it. Get because there's up. there's so many more lessons in failing than there is in success. Mm. There's so many more. And it, it teaches you a lot about yourself when you are when like you got fired. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I was just fucking I left. I just, I was just like peace out and then I just I feel like I failed um, my family, actually, when I was switching career paths because I felt like, you know how Asian families are. They're very like, okay, you're going to do this, this, and this, and then I'm going to come back, maybe come back home and take over or whatever, whatever. Hmm. And I was just kind of like, no, I don't really want to do that. Like, I'm just going to go find my own way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it felt like, yeah, yeah, it's rough, it's hard, and then you feel like you're just... "Mm." Like, maybe not completely, like, there's no clear path anymore. It's like you went off in the jungle on your own, and you're just trying to just find a way at this point. <laughs> trying to just make it another night. <laughs> yeah. It's not the formula. It's not the formula. You know what I mean? So yeah. that, that's what I thought, too, as a kid, that I would have to, like, oh, this is the formula. You take mm-hmm. what you want to do in college, yeah. take in college, and do that for the rest of your life until you die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Until you retire and then die. Yeah. Okay, so that's the formula, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I didn't. So my my family, um, they're all entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. So Same. they didn't. They did encourage, you know, the college thing. Um, mm-hmm. They did, but you know, I wasn't married to it because I witnessed my dad's come up, you know, in the yeah. world. So mm-hmm. his immigrant story, and he broke the rules too. He was he came here uh, when I was we came here when I was eight years old. We were in a two bedroom apartment, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even like a complete wall actually in between the bedrooms. It was like like three quarters of a wall, and there was yeah. like a hole on the top. And yeah, he just, he has a, a thick Filipino accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't have a college degree from you know the U.S. And mm-hmm. at, at, he sold tools at the swap meet, you know, yeah. out of a, out of a van that he you know, borrowed money from my grandma from, he borrowed $500 to buy this van, and then he sold tools at the swap meet, and we became home, home owners, you know, in an upper middle class neighborhood in like three years. 
mm-hmm. from my I'm like, oh god, that that bad part of LA. There yeah. A, there was like a a ghetto bird every single night. Like, yeah, my uh, my parents or my dad actually, and his parents, my grandparents, immigrated from China to Thailand, and they were like on this little like ship, and it was my grandma had nine sons and my dad was the eighth and they shared like yeah they shared like a tiny like i think it was like a two-bedroom apartment something like that it was in like the chinatown part of bangkok and it was just my my dad actually when i grew up a little bit he took me and my brother around to go see where he grew up and it was like he said he was walk he would walk outside and people would be like smoking heroin and opium offering them yeah offering them drugs and it was he was just like I just knew I had to like get out. I needed I needed to get out. And like their hustle is like nothing. Listen, let me tell you about this and I don't know who any of the listeners that we have are like super into politics, but this whole Trump and the immigrants and listen, there's no one harder working than mm-hmm. an immigrant trying to make it in a different country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, yeah. I mean that's been my experience you know, coming from an immigrant family. And um, when you, so when you look at your parents, you know, and where they came from, when I look at my parents, like, Mm -hmm. I have no excuse. (laughs) I don't. Like, shit. If they could make it, if they could make it, he was selling tools, my dad was selling, like, rocks and pebbles with my grandfather, like, like, yeah. Hello. Yeah, I I have I have filler and Botox. Like I don't have any excuse. I have to make this work because my face is frozen and <laughs> so my dad didn't even have that. So I need to make this work. Wait, that <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> so you refer to alignment quite a bit and like. You talked about the sole purpose of what you do, and if it aligns with your soul. Let's talk about it. What is alignment? How, how do we get aligned? What is that? So um, I, I talk about life mastery and alignment and, um, you know, doing something that sets your soul on fire, okay? It's so cliche. But seriously, like, what I say the, that a lot, what, too. What the heck does that mean? Like, what, a he- what the heck does that mean? Like, you know, like... So I have two kids, two and four. I, um, you know, it's 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 real busy at my house. I'm a wife. I I'm the leader of all of these women at Sheila Bella. Uh, yeah. I am, a lot of them are my best friends. You know, I have to keep up with relationships. I also mentor a bunch of women in my Pretty Rich Beauty Business University. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm also doing brows too. And then I'm also speaking and it's all, all of these different things, all of these yeah. different like, jobs, right? So like yeah. if you see like like uh, flashes of like my daily life, um, you're like, what the heck? And here's the thing. I know I've achieved life mastery when the, the lines between work and play are blurred. Mm-hmm. So when you see me, like even doing this right now with you, like you yeah. know, shooting shit, and we're like, you know, like laughing. It's like, yeah, you know, you've achieved life mastery when people can't tell whether you're working or you're playing. So like right now, oh. are, are we working right now or are we playing? I, play- I can't even I tell <laughs> because it's both. Yeah. And whenever I hang out with my kids or when I'm with my clients. When I'm hanging out with my mom, who's my CFO, you mm-hmm. know, like all this stuff. Or when I'm speaking on stages too, like, is she playing or is she working? Yeah. I, so that that's both. So I think you know you found you found alignment. I think with um with your life and with your career and with your business. Um, when you can't tell. When yeah. Can't tell when yeah. you mar- when you've married the two. Yeah. And I think the way to do that is to be open. Be mm-hmm. open to what God, you know, puts in your path, and of and finding meaning in that. Listen, okay. The reason I got fired from Dylan's was because I didn't I didn't understand this. I was so insecure and in love with myself, I suppose, mm-hmm. that I didn't understand that I could find meaning in this job. Yeah, I could find meaning. I could use like no matter what you're, you have to build a million dollar business to find alignment. I mm-hmm. can 
that to serve people, to connect with people. That's just the same as I'm doing now. Yeah. So it doesn't even really matter what you're doing, but if you find meaning in it, mm-hmm. that is lasting. Yeah. That's life mastery. Yeah. Wow. You know what? That's an amazing message. That is an amazing message for anybody who I think feels a little bit stuck mm-hmm. in their lives, whether it's prefer- like professional or personal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think alignment is so important. And the energy that you put out is so important. And I've been really like, I didn't believe it before. You know, like when we're younger and it's all partying and drinking and craziness, you're just kind of like living like, okay, like I have fun here. And then whatever it doesn't, you know, whatever I don't have fun with, it's out. And you just don't really take the time to see the positive in the negative, or you don't really take the time to really look and reflect at everything that's going on and whether or not that serves a purpose in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a beautiful message. Something that's gonna stick. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. <laughs> you <are> um, so <laughs> thank you. Um, can you give us just real quick maybe your top three tips for somebody thinking about creating their own dream job? Because that is that's you made it sound easy, but like we heard, you struggled quite a bit in the beginning. So for anyone who wants to create their own dream job, um, Mm -hmm. you can't take no for an answer. So even, well, you you, you can take no for an answer, but you have to, you can't let the no's stop you from your ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. That's number one. Um, Understand too that um, people who are less qualified than you you, um, are already further ahead because they've put in more work, because they've, they've already put themselves out there. Mm-hmm. That's another one. And number three, be consistent. It's all about consistency. You can't, you can't just like, you know, do something good for a whole week and then that's it. Yeah. It's, it's success, if you're, building, if you're building a business, if you wanna create your dream job, it needs to be a freaking like obsession. It needs to be, a daily thing, a daily yeah. habit. You have to, it's, you have to repeat these habits of business building every single day. And mm-hmm. no matter how pointless it seems in the beginning, it's just all about consistency. It will pay off. It will. All of a sudden, yeah. it'll be like an avalanche. Mm-hmm. But you have to just keep doing it every single day. Yeah. What was your turning point where you? Um, I listened. I listened to your podcast, so I know about it. But my listeners probably don't know about it yet. I want you to talk about the turning point of your business where it went from literally struggling to find clients and then all of a sudden you are fully booked. Oh, man. Um, when did that happen? So uh, I was piecing together. So I don't know what part of my podcast you're referring to, but mm-hmm. there, are, there are several points where I'm like, whoa, jump, whoa, yeah. shit. Um, so the first one was I discovered Google ads. Oh, I, I listened when you talked about, um, filling your portfolio with the, like, well, not that filling too. it, but free session. <laughs> okay. But talk about the Google ads first. Oh, that I was before. Was that before? Well, yeah. I, w- I got like two clients a week, which was like a lot for me. So I discovered Google ads. And then, um, another time was, yeah, I would do a lot of free work. And that's something I think that's underestimated nowadays. Yeah, like free work if you if you do it the right way um, can get you a lot of business. Yeah, especially now with social media. Mm-hmm. Like so, I just kept choosing girls that you know, like that were you know, like hotties. Yeah, yeah, because you're in the beauty field and it I made was in the perfect beauty. sense. <laughs> so yeah. um, I wanted to demonstrate paying clients that I wanted that I had clients that look like them. Mm-hmm. And I think psychologically that breeds like familiarity and yeah. they're like, oh, okay, well, so-and-so went there, or this chick kind of looks like me and they look good, so I'm gonna go mm-hmm. there. You know what I mean? So, um, the, I, and the thing is people are so against doing free work. Um, they're yeah. So, yeah, and the thing is you have to let go to grow. You have to let mm-hmm. go of your money, you have to let go of your time in order to grow. You can't be afraid of 
watering the plant. Right, right, right. Yeah, I think yeah, a lot of people are afraid to just do do the work for free and they don't think about all the business that it could generate from this one it's like a walking advertisement for your if work you, if it's the right person and you work it correctly and I actually have a, a course in my program for influ- influencer marketing mm-hmm. um, and how you can maximize that how yeah. you can maximize like you know the three hours that you spend on somebody yeah. like it, it can't it can't just be like oh okay well she's gonna do it and she's gonna walk away and not tell anyone you know mm-hmm. you have to like set some terms in place like okay yeah. well, give me something You're gonna post, yeah yeah yeah, post about it and all, all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. So when did you, what what were your terms, like, can you even say it? Is that confidential? What were your terms oh. when you would do free work? No, I'll tell you. Okay. Um, when I would do free work, I did a three-post brand deal. So basically okay. what I did was they had to um, post about it. They had to post about it at the time of booking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had to post about it before their appointment while they were in the shop. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. I'm about to and after. Got it. Yeah. So oh that's my what I gosh. Did. That yeah. was really smart that they're doing it in the shop. And you know what? I, I felt like, too, if they posted about it even before they got there, that was my deposit. That mm. was my deposit that I already got a shout out even before they were here. Because, like, how mm-hmm. do I know you're going to not show yeah. up? Yeah. And there goes, like, you know, three hours of my time that I could have given to somebody else. Like a yeah. Yeah. But they've already posted about me, you know, at the time uh-huh. of I'm like, so excited, just booked my appointment for, so ah. Oh, that's a really smart way to think about it. That's mm-hmm. a posit, that's a post. Yeah. yeah. Even before yeah. it happened, just document that you're excited you booked your appointment. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about your pretty rich beauty university? How did that start? Well, it started because I was teaching microblading. Okay. And I realized that a lot of my microblading students, not all of them were working full time. Some of them were working like part time. Mm-hmm. And that makes that makes sense to me because like I like as I said, it's freaking hard to make it as a permanent makeup artist. Yeah. Right? So yeah. I I realized that after I got done training the artist that they needed the business support. And um also I'm always such a fan of creating what I felt I needed years ago. And this is, okay. like, oh my God, this is exactly what I, I needed years yeah. ago. It would have saved yeah. me a ton of a ton of time. Yeah. And I think it's, like I said, I think it's crazy that, you know, permanent makeup artists and beauticians like don't get this kind of training. Mm-hmm. Like half of cosmetologists, half, don't end up practicing full-time after they get their paper. Half of cosmetologists. Wow. Because, the, because here's the thing, like especially like for beauticians and stuff, like we have artist brain. Mm-hmm. But you have to take off your artist hat at some point and put on your business hat. Mm-hmm. And yes. that's the missing link. That's what I teach. I've been hardened by the, my years. <laughs> yeah, and I think it would just be really selfish for me not to share it. Like, I've, yeah. I've, I've figured it out, and I've, I've mapped it out into a formula now. Yeah. Like, an easy, like how you treat a client that is undecided. I've mapped out that formula. How you treat a client that is exa- that is here in the office how you treat mm. a client just but like all of those things matter into multiplying your business into getting more clients oh it's, my gosh that's amazing yeah it's, so it's systemic I knew I knew that my instinct was there yeah but I've never um I've never had to map it out until I built my business and now that I'm teaching this formula to other mm-hmm. beauty professionals yeah you have to you have to make the information more concise and just more tangible Definitely. For them. And, yeah. And a big part of it too is I think for a lot of people, they think that strategy, they need mm-hmm. more strategy. But here's the thing they don't need more strategy sometimes. They need more confidence. They need to work on themselves. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I have an event in March. It's called Pretty Ambitious Summit. I'm so excited Ooh. for it. Uh, it's a two-day event, but uh-huh. there's a VIP night, so it kind of makes it three. Yeah. Um, it's a three-day event for VIPs. Um, and we're going to tackle all of the stuff um, that they don't teach you in cosmetology. So I'm going to lay out my exact framework of how I built a million-dollar business. I'm mm-hmm. going to have confidence coaches on there. Um, I'm going to have marketing specialists and Instagram specialists. Oh, I'm my God. And then I'm going to have um, 
I, I have I have a lineup of speakers that I really feel like are going to tap into the confidence necessary mm-hmm. to build your own business, especially in beauty. And I'm so excited for it. That's going to be in March. Oh my god! So that's going to be so valuable, you guys. That's going to be such a valuable seminar to go to and connect, not just even to network, but to to go and just learn really about building a business and beauty business at that mm-hmm. and it's yeah. so sad it's becoming way way more saturated now Definitely. Was, when you first started it was like you were the pioneer yeah. and now it's like everybody does microblading everybody does the lip tint yeah yeah, yeah. It's, it's just something about knowing business that will make you stand out yeah and it's yeah. so it's so important, and the tr- and the, this is a place where you can network. Where mm-hmm. um, tribe is so important. Yeah, you know, I I wasn't collaborating before. I think I would be a lot further along, believe it or not, had mm-hmm. I not had that mind block that like, oh, this is my competition. It's not my oh. friend. That's actually, actually, that's that's someone you can learn from. Mm. So, um, and I, that's what I want to break. I want to break down those barriers because I made those mistakes and I want to bring everybody together to this event, um, and this conference, um, slash retreat yeah, type thing. And, um, yeah, really make the connections, really introduce yeah. people to players. Yeah. I'm super excited for it. Oh so my God. So exciting. Uh, so exciting. Yeah. I can't wait for that to take off. Yeah. <laughs> Vibing and Valentino does a segment every single week. It's called Weekly Weakness, and it's anything you're obsessed with. It could be like a product, a, like a TV show, music, anything at all. Oh what my is gosh. Your weekly, what, is like, what is like your weekly favorite thing in the, in right, the now? right now? Yeah. That I'm like obsessed with right mm-hmm. now? <laughs> She's like looking around her office like, I know. Like, what am I, what is going around? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I'm obsessed. I know what I'm obsessed with. I'm obsessed yeah. with Dagny Dover. Am I even saying that correctly? Dag- what is that? Okay, so it's like a it's a purse line. It's like a handbag line. But they have like the I always get compliments for my backpack. It's oh ne- my god, it's neoprene. The- no, okay. Wait, do you have it with you? Can I see it? Yeah, here I'll show you. <laughs> Too bad for everybody else. I know <laughs> you guys so- can't see. So okay, so I'm a mom. Oh, I like that color. So they have it in a bunch of different colors, but look at the quality. Oh, that's so cute. It's machine, guys, it's it's really machine cute. washable too. Oh my gosh. No, and, it's so cute. It looks so it's roomy laptop. too. And see, it has all these like little compartments. You can put your cell phone in here. Mm-hmm. So like when I'm traveling, you know, you yeah. zip it up and then, yeah. Yes. You oh, it's so cute, guys. Yeah, I'm obsessed with this. I have it in three different colors and three different sizes. And <laughs> and when um like when my juice boxes and sippy cups and stuff like that spill oh, yeah. in here, it don't matter. It's yeah. in the wash. <laughs> oh my gosh! If you can send me the link to those bags, I'll link yeah. them um in the show notes too. I don't get I don't get paid for this, but I also you should. Have, I also have my Valentino them. clutch, but you know it's not mommy practical right now. It's it's in my closet. That's usually your (laughs) go-to. No, it doesn't fit the diapers. Oh man, mommy life. The Valentino clutch, FYI, doesn't fit diapers. Sorry. (laughs) No matter how much you roll that shit up, (laughs) (laughs) those rock stars will get in the way. Okay, Sheila, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Aww. It was so valuable. I learned so much. Wow. I had so much fun with you, Nicole. See? <laughs> now we're friends. Yes. Wait, okay, you know what? I totally forgot about this. Before we wrap, mm-hmm. also um, tell everybody where they can find you. I love the gram. You know I love the gram. It's my favorite place. But I'm on all the platforms. But on the gram, I am at real Sheila Bella. Real S H E I L A B E L L A. That's Dr. Fierce name. Um, yeah, or SheilaBella.com. Mm-hmm. And she has that. a podcast. Oh, yeah, I have a podcast. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. Obsessed. <laughs> I'm obsessed with her podcast, you guys. Yeah, pretty Rich Podcast. It's on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play. Um, and yeah, I'm very, very friendly on the ground. Like I answer all direct she messages. Is. I love her. I direct messaged her 
because I actually, I, at first I emailed her, you guys, to schedule this podcast interview, and she was like, oh yes, email my assistant, and then I DM'd her, and she, like, replied, like, an hour later, I was like, hey, <laughs> hey girl, I'm talking to you soon, I was so excited, I'm yeah, so excited. I love, I love voicing people, yeah, yes, you could be human, yeah. <laughs> and it's faster, <laughs> okay, girl, thank you so much. Thank you, Nicole. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed that episode with Sheila Bella as much as I enjoyed interviewing her and learning so much from her. And I am so excited you guys tuned in this week. And I will see you guys next Friday on Vibing in Valentino. Bye.